Welcome to Waiting for Review, a show that follows the journeys of two independent iOS developers. I'm Dave Wood, an iOS developer from Leicester, England. And I'm Dave Knott, an iOS developer from Devon, England. Join us as we discuss the development, code and technology of our independent journeys. Okay, as per last week, a quick announcement before we start. We would love to invite you to our new Slack channel for the show. Um, Information will be in the show notes on how you can join, um, or you can reach out to us directly on Twitter at WFR Podcast. Uh, Also, reviews are massively appreciated. Um, They can help us reach even more like-minded developers, so we would love it if you could take the time to review us on iTunes. That would be incredible, or if you're in Overcast, uh, hitting the star button to recommend us would be awesome. Thank you ever so much. So, Dave, um, today I think we were going to talk a little bit about um, things like Fabric and sort of some of the um, tools that we have to our hand in terms of sort of seeing data about our apps mm-hmm. um, and the sort of type of information we can get out of those and you know, how we can then use them to sort of inform our decision-making or not um, in terms of how we approach our, our app development. Um, I know you've been looking, let's say, into Fabric recently. Um, so, so how has that sort of gone for you? Yeah, it's good. I've been using it for a few months now. Um, both on armchair and space readers, my two main apps. Um, so really it kind of breaks down into, into three areas and how it helps me. Um, the first one being crash lytics that's kind of baked into it. Um, so that allows me to see, uh, the app crashes, um, which do happen. (laughs) Uh, so the, the thing that I kind of like following is the, crash-free users stat that it gives you it kind of makes kind of makes a game out of it i find trying to get that number as close to 100 percent as you can yeah Um, so for armchair in the last 90 days my crash-free users is currently hang on where is it 98.7 percent so reasonably happy with that pretty good it's all right yeah um there's basically there's one bug that I've been trying to chase down now for probably two or three months. And that's the one that keeps coming up and up and up. It doesn't come up <laughs> often, but if, if one's going to come up, you can guarantee it'll be that one. Yeah. Um, so it's one, one particular user out there keeps managing to trigger it. Well, this is it. It's a few users. And obviously <clears throat> with the app being a remote control for Cody, how it works in, it will say to Cody, give me a list of all the movies you've got in your library. And then Cody will chuck it all back in a encoded as JSON. And then my app will pass through it and then load it into a table view. And I've got a um, an index table view controller. So where you've got like the um, alphabet on the right-hand side of the screen so you can quickly scrub through. Yep. And it's within that, when it, when it goes through to break it down, break all the movies that have come back from Cody, it breaks it down alphabetically. Yeah. Something there is happening. Now I thought, okay, you know, I'm, I don't know what data is coming back for all the movies from all the different users. Um, purely because I don't know what, what movies they have. You know, it could be anything. It could have random characters in. So I thought maybe that's it. So I, I wrote a patch, um, to go deeper into filtering out maybe odd characters that could be coming in and throwing off the, the algorithm that breaks it all down 
Um, yeah. And for a while, I thought I cracked it. And then I got a notification saying the, the issue had come back. So that, <laughs> that's, that's where we are with that one. That's, that's all cool. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll keep on trying at that one. Um, yeah. The next thing is the KPIs, key performance indicators, which I find really useful. Um, yeah. That's mostly so I can, I can track my in-app purchases. Um, and what's useful there is, is that I can see where in my app a user decided to start the in-app purchase process. So then I can get a sense of which areas of my app that are locked down, which of those a user, the users kind of perceive to be the most valuable, which it, which is, it, which is really useful. Um, and in fact, that led me to make quite a, quite an important decision with my app. Um, and you know, a few months ago, which we did briefly touch upon. Um, so how about you? Are you using fabric in I'm, I'm, both of your yeah. apps? I'm using fabric with, with both of my apps. I'm not using it in the, um, in my third app in the iMessage app. Um, simply because when I, I built that, um, fabric wasn't available for iMessage extensions. Um, I don't know if it is now in any particular way, but um, never mind with with that. Um, so I'm using it for my video mixing app, and I'm using it for the for the hologram app that I have as well. Um, and I've been using it since day one. It's been really, really useful to sort of see um, things like my daily active users and um, my, my monthly active overall is kind of the one that I keep an eye on because um, that that gives me a good idea of sort of you know over the course of the month how many people are really using my app. Um, and it's it's been really very good. When I first launched um, the video mixing app, um, I was kind of watching it in real time. <laughs> as, um, I, I did a, a, um, a proper launch day and everything with the app. And okay. I'd had a, a sort of run up to that. And I'd, I'd done um, emails out to my mailing list and a sort of bit of a social media campaign. And yeah, over that weekend, I could actually sort of see people, you know, they, they're using the app. My my brand new app is it's actually being used. It's been bought and paid for and, and, and people are on it. Um, and the key thing I think for me, actually with, with sort of re, with regards to the, the VJ app has been actually to sort of see how long people have been using it for. Um, so you have things like the um, the average session length and um, what I tend to see, you know, over the course of in the week, I'll see people kind of dipping in and out of the app and then people use it for extended periods of time over the weekend, which, you know, that, that makes sense. Uh, the type of app it is, it enables a video performance for like a, accompanying music. It's the sort of thing that you would use for a backdrop in a club um, or at a gig and, yeah, you can kind of assume that somebody who's really going to use their iPad or their iPhone to kind of drive video in that way, it's it's going to be at the weekends that they sit down and they do it. So Fabric's been really quite good in kind of getting a feel for how people are using the app in that way. Um, I don't know if you've had, had some sort of similar insights come back, you know, beyond sort of looking at the KPIs. Yeah, so it allowed me to kind of make quite a, a hefty business level decision. Um, so what I found um, was that a lot of users were 
um, unlocking my app from a certain screen. Yeah. And that screen was um, what I call the gesture pad, which allows you to kind of swipe left, right, up and down on the screen, on the phone screen with an armchair. Um, and it will control the on-screen interface of Kodi. So if you wanted to browse through a menu or, or whatever, you could do that from your phone. Yeah. Almost, almost like the Apple TV remote works in that sense um, with the touchpad on top, but obviously on a phone screen. Um, so that was locked down, the whole thing. Unless you unlock the app, you could not get to the gesture pad. But I noticed lots of people were unlocking through the gesture pad route than any other route. There was two, two or three others. Um, right. So on off the back of that data, I decided to open up the gesture pad so that the in-app purchases were not required um, to access the basic functionality of the gesture pad. So you might say, well, why why would you do this when most of the money you could argue is coming from people saying, I want the gesture pad, therefore I'll pay for it. So why, why, why open it up? Yeah. Um, so a couple of reasons, a lot of people I had were complaining that the paywall I had were, was, was a bit heavy handed and, and I was struggling with user retention as a result. I, I still am to some extent. That's another story. Um, but, um, so I, I opened up the gesture pad, um, in the hope that it would allow people to stick around and use the app, sort of playing the longer game, that maybe they'll unlock for one of the other reasons in time. Yeah. Um, and it worked. And then I used Fabric again to come back in to kind of work out if my decision based on that data was a success. So I measured revenue for the three months before I did that update, which... Um, made the gesture pad available out of the box versus the three months afterwards. And the three months afterwards, in-app purchase revenue was up by 27%. Right. Um, So you can kind of see there that that's that's most likely correlated to to you doing that. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I'm almost certain it is. And also the time spent in my app has risen as well, which indicates to me that people are spending a lot more time in the gesture pad because... If you think about it, if you wanted to play a movie using my app, you would go to the movies tab, scroll through the list, tap play, done. Possibly yep. 10 seconds to do that. Whereas I'm seeing people spending time in my app upwards of one, two minutes on average. Yeah. Which indicates to me that they're swiping and tapping around on the gesture pad, which takes a lot longer. Perhaps looking through movies on, on the screen as opposed to looking at it on the phone using the gesture pad. Yeah. So, so there's more data to be had there, um, which I can kind of throw into the mix with future plans. That's really interesting. So you've been able to sort of come in with a bit of a hypothesis, a bit of a theory about, okay, I think if I do, if I think if I do this, um, it's going to have an improvement. And then you've been able to validate that afterwards and sort of say, okay, well, Yep, actually, I made these changes, and here's the impact. Um, yeah, it's, it's been fantastic. Again, though, I, I had a suspicion from the start. Um, then Fabric kind of gave me a, a clearer, a clearer feel of what was going on, which, which was crucial to make that decision. Otherwise, it would have been a, a, a guess. Um, and I suppose I could have sat back afterwards and be like, "Well, you know, wasn't I so smart? I figured it all out." But <laughs> I. <laughs> I would much rather work off of real data and Fabric provides that than 
it, it's fantastic. Yeah. It's probably worth noting that, um, have they recently been bought out by Google? Earlier on this year, yeah. And yeah, it was owned by Twitter, correct? That's right, yeah. I, I always find that a bit odd. I've, I've got to be honest. Um, I think they, they make more sense at, um, at Google than I think they made at Twitter in a lot of ways. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I know you um, often see tech companies acquiring lots of other companies that on the face of it seem unrelated. Um, but I always did wonder what, what was Twitter's goal Yeah. Um, in having them. I guess kind of we sort of know now either in that they wanted to sell it or yeah. they didn't really know what their goal was either. <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think my theory there was to have a foot in the, uh, in the app space in one way or another. Um, but um, it, it, it certainly makes more sense for me to see fabric as sort of part of, of, of Google side of things. I just, I guess I worry that um, that could fundamentally change the service and I'm quite keen on the service as, as you know we both are um yeah. and I've, I've used it now for for what um over two years um and yeah they, they've always been really good as well in terms of um contacts i've had with them in the past uh, i had a reason um way back sort of when i first started using it to, to sort of reach out for support and um yeah they were really good yeah, I hope, I hope it, goes. it feels like the product fits at Google, but the fact it is at Google makes me, makes me worry a little bit. Yeah, yeah, um, a little bit. Just in terms of the overall potential creepiness going forward that it might introduce. It's um, the uh, the potential for a good idea to get shut down, um, I think, is, is what I worry about with, with Google. Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, long may it continue, and I think... Um, from my perspective, if it was to disappear overnight, there there are certain things I would do as well. I, I mean, I value knowing activations. I value kind of being able to see things. Like I said, the session length is is good. Um, and KPIs, I suspect I will use more often fairly soon when I bring in app purchases to um, to my hologram app. Um, so we'll talk more about that maybe in a bit, but um, I'm not using KPIs at the moment. They've not really been relevant, um, sort of beyond the bare stats. Um, but yeah, with all of those things, I, I, if Fabric wasn't doing it, I would be looking at another service or even kind of DIYing some callbacks to an API and a server and collecting data myself. Um, because I do think there's there's value there in, in being able to see um, that sort of cause and effect. Um, and I, I would really miss it if, if um, there wasn't a free service that was doing it. Yeah, here, here. All right, so um, jumping back a bit last week, we spoke about you going freemium with your hologram app. Um, maybe yeah. you want to expand a little bit on how that's gone? So I've not changed anything about the app just yet. Um, okay. I mean, at the moment, it's um, it's been paid up front since I launched it um, last year. And just for anybody um, who's wondering what a hologram app is, it, um, it lets people create holograms by putting a four-sided um, sort of clear um, projector or sort of prism um, on top of the phone. And then... Um, an image is then displayed on four sides. It reflects upwards and it does a pepper's ghost effect. So it looks like it's, it's kind of floating 
because you can see it reflected in the in the clear material above the foam. Um, people make these these projectors themselves, and there's a few companies that make sort of little ones that you can pop on top of, of the phone or the iPad. Um, so my app comes in and it lets people make their own. Um, you, know, you can select a video or a photo and it puts it on the four sides. Um, and that's pretty much it. It's got a nice little effect where you can um, colorize what you're displaying. And there's another effect where you can drop the background based on darkness or brightness um, to kind of make it look like it's floating better. Um, you can use that to sort of cut images out a little bit. Um, and that's been in the app store now for, for what about, I think it's going to be its 16th month this month. Um, it's been paid up front since the start. And as I said last on the last episode, the sales have dropped in the last month. It's, it's become sort of pitiful, really. Um, so it was chugging away reasonably well, um, probably anywhere between sort of 20 to 40 sales per month. And I, I see a bit of revenue for that, not an incredible amount, but you know, it's, it's, it's a phone contract. Um, it's, it's kind of paying its way for its original effort. Um, but that's dropped now to around about, um, I think it was the last time we spoke, it was about eight, um, units had, had sold in the 30 days prior. Um, so I'm thinking of changing to freemium. I think that that may be the sort of the better model for this. Um, and I kind of wanted to validate it again, coming back to sort of looking at data and, and, and seeing what we can do. And it's not an awful lot of work for me to sort of put a, um, I'm going to put a, um, a watermark on what it displays, which you'll then have to unlock the in-app purchase to get rid of. Um, and so it's not all, so it's not all just about, blocking the user, um, I'm actually going to bring in a feature that people have asked for as well, um, which will let them record the four-sided video back to the camera roll um, so they can then share it elsewhere if they want to. Oh, cool. So, yeah. Um, so that that kind of means, you know, the in-app purchase then becomes more, more than just remove the block. It becomes something that's useful to the user as well. Um, and I could, I could just go ahead and build it and just do it. Um, but I wanted to know, okay, if I do that, is it really going to be the right idea? Um, and I thought, well, okay, if I'm making no activations or very, very low sales anyway, I may as well just make it free for a few days and sort of see what happens. Um, so I did, I made it free on Sunday, the 14th, and I ran that until Thursday, the 18th. So I did about five days or so of, of the app just being free in the app store. Um, and yeah, it was, it was quite interesting. I saw in that period of time, um, if I, if I look back at the stats from iTunes connect, um, I saw, um, about 116 units were installed in that time, which, you know, compared to my eight. Yes. Huge by comparison. Um, it does mean that to sort of match the same sales, I must be looking at somewhere around about between six to seven percent or so conversion um, in terms of, of people who've got it free then actually buying the in-app purchase to sort of reach parity with with my poultry month. Um, hopefully, I want to do a bit better than that. So, and eight percent is probably asking asking a little there as well. Mm. Um, so. 
It's interesting. What well, uh, this is without me doing any other sort of marketing or pushing it or anything like that. I, I saw around about um, three hundred and seventy or so app store impressions, and my page views is about half of that. Um, so people have been seeing it in their initial search results. They've not even been clicking the um, th- clicking through to the page in the app store, and then they've been installing. So that's that's you know that that's kind of how it went overall. The, 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 I saw a lot of installations, but the devil's in the detail. I think, um, and this is something we, we were kind of sort of talking about ahead of the show. But um, out of those who have installed the app, there's still that question of okay, it's on the device, but have they actually launched it? And this is where Fabric's been quite useful. Um, because that's then given me some information that's not from Apple's side of things in terms of um, people who've actually ran the app. Um, And, I mean, you are talking about individual devices, so if somebody's running it on two or three devices, they'll be included two or three times. Um, But putting that to one side for the moment, it, it works out, out of those 118 units from iTunes Connect, broadly speaking, only about a quarter of them um, necessarily use the app. If I actually take the fabric figure, which is much lower, that's about 29 um, devices, and divide that over the 118, then, yeah, it's around about um, getting on for nearly 25%. Do you think that's maybe due to a bit of an impulse nature of the app? Yep. Yeah, I do. So I think there's behavior there where people are going, okay, it's free, yeah, I'll get that, and then they move on and maybe... You know, they, they do look down into the page or they, they go and get some other apps. They forget what they've done, you know, whatever. It's, it's, it's then it's there on their device, but they're not using it. Equally, I don't know if um, anybody, anybody's been watching on some of these um, price drop websites. It's entirely possible that there's there's a, you know, volume of users out there who've, who've sort of put it on their wish list and then they've seen it's free. They've got it. Um, but that's that's been it. They've not necessarily gone and played with their holograms since. Almost, almost like they just download it for later. Yeah. Because it's free right now. Yeah. yeah. So I have to be careful and I have <clears throat> to take these stats with a grain of salt because there is that, that possibility here that I'm only really seeing an effect of, of people who have kind of put their name on a list already. Um, the app is now paid up front again and sales have dropped to nothing since. So that's that's interesting. Um, it really is sort of dying. Um, so I don't know what to think, to be honest. I mean, we worked it out um, that assuming I could convert 4% of the, the 118 or so, um, then on a week-by-week basis, I, I would be making the sort of money that um, it was making before, and that wouldn't be so bad. Um, and, and that to me would mean that the freemium model's okay. And I'm, I'm, I'm relatively okay with that. We're talking really small money, but I am interested in seeing if I can get it making any money and, and, and sort of tweaking it up. Um, but then if I'm more pessimistic and I look at my sort of 25% of people have only gone on to, to actually use the app, if that is actually true, then the potential here is that the freemium model just doesn't have any legs and, and I actually won't make relatively any money you know compared compared to what i was 
So looking at the data, I'm actually not sure what to think right now. It's sort of a, um, yeah, I, I, I guess I don't have enough data really to make a fully informed decision. And I think a lot of the time with, with these sort of things, that's, that's true. You know I mean? If you're talking about even better apps, apps with much, with a much broader customer base, there will be times still where you don't have the data to, to really inform the right decision about what it is you need to do. And I've got data here and it's telling me potentially it's not even worth me bothering getting out. It sounds like a risk, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so where does that leave me? Well, I'm I'm going to do it. I'm going to put in the um, the in-app purchase, and I'm going to make it freemium anyway because for me, it's making such little money that I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> There's something um, nice about knowing that more people can get hold of it as well. Yeah, if, yeah, if, exactly. like say, if the numbers are that low, that it's you know it's almost in, inconsequential. Yep. And then, you know, okay, so if I go freemium and people play with it, but they don't buy the in-app purchase and that's as far as it goes, well, at least I've potentially given something that lets a a kid kind of make one of these projectors and have a bit of a play, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, But for me, it's going to be an exercise in sort of seeing, well, okay, can I, I'll make this change. We'll, we'll look at the stats again afterwards and that will probably be in another month or two's time. And, you know, I'll, I'll either have a, yes, I've tweaked it and we've managed to get it working um, or I'll have learned something else. The stats will be what they are and I'll be able to, to see that. Um, and it's kind of with bated breath because I don't, I'm making reasonable money with the video mixing app and I kind of don't want to touch that. It's sort of a, it's not broke don't need to fix it let's let's leave that where it is it's a fairly safe bet at the moment the the yeah yeah um it's kind of that's kind of justifying me doing um doing the work on on these apps sort of the side of of um of what i'm doing now to to bring the money in for the house so um because obviously i'm I'm working full-time at um swipe and tap at the moment um so yeah, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't, just based on the amount that, that Holovid isn't making, I wouldn't be able to justify this as any sort of full-time endeavour, but as something that I've already built and something that I can reasonably tweak and have a look at, um, yeah, there's there's something to be done here. Okay, well, let's, um, let's check in in a, in a few weeks, see where you are. Brilliant. So, I've been on a bit of a journey this week, um... I started uh, this time last week wanting to introduce a basic onboarding process to my Kodi remote armchair, um, showing users how to ensure that Kodi's properly set up before trying to connect my app to it, because that's a bit of a sticking point sometimes. Yeah. Um, so it's evolved from a simple sort of text slash image onboarding wizard to a kind of fully fledged network scanning wizard that tries to auto connect <laughs> if it can and or guide the user through a manual setup if it can't. Right. Um, that then led me on to thinking about, wouldn't it be a good idea if I had themes in my app? So like a light mode and a dark mode. Um, and then I thought, well, if I'm going to go light and dark mode, my red color doesn't really work in light 
mode as well as it works in dark mode. So what I'd really like is a color that works equally as well when the mode is dark or light. Yeah. So I thought, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll give the whole app a new liquor, liquor paint and uh, we'll change the colors and the theming and everything. Um, oh, and while I'm at it, I'll move to being ad supported. So That's <laughs> a lot of change all in one go. So, uh, do you ever feel like you've gone down a rabbit hole? Yeah, that's uh, that's a case of pulling one thread and everything sort of unraveling or, or, or following on, isn't it? Isn't it just? Um, yeah. I'm, I'm really susceptible to this. Um, I'll start out with a small, barely formed thought, and before I know it, I've gone several layers deep. Yeah, and then each layer brings with it hours and hours of work. And that the work then becomes the focus of my attention, sort of worrying about the minute details of individual features, potentially losing sight of the bigger goal. And yep. Yep, you know, because you've gone from what you need is is an onboarding process to <laughs> let's see how we can automate this for everybody as best as possible, which you know still kind of does that. Um, it's it's the uh, I think you've you've gone to the the next level really there was probably a halfway point that that might have been in, in in between but um it'll be interesting really to see like you say again sort of come back to your stats afterwards and see if that that you know what what the effect of it is though yeah i mean my initial reaction was um i, I, I was kind of sat down netflix was playing in the background and i had a pad of paper and i just started sketching stuff out and writing notes and then Hence, I came to everything I just said a few moments ago. Um, and I've tried, and initially I thought, you're being stupid, go to bed, kind of thing. You know, it's too late. <laughs> it's, it's gone midnight now. You should be in bed. You, you, you know, stop it. <laughs> yeah. So I went, I went to bed. Um, I couldn't sleep, which is um, quite often the way when I've been thinking about stuff like that. Um, so eventually got to sleep, woke up the next morning, and I still thought it was a pretty good idea. Um, yeah so i thought all right leave it two or three days because normally once i let something go out of my mind for a few days when i'm ready to let it back in i can look at it more objectively yep and you've got that 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 period where you have the process of the idea formation and that's that's wonderful and that's the bit where you should definitely you know scribble it down note it away um but yeah having that pause between that moment and then whether you actually do anything or not is always a pretty good idea i think yeah and i've sort of like the last few months really i've tried to be much more critical of my own thoughts um holding myself to account more and i think that's coincided a lot of my use of fabric i think the two have kind of woven quite nicely together um i suppose you could say i'm trying to remove subjectivity with objectivity in that yeah you know, i'm trying to make data-driven decisions more as opposed to you know, sitting there trying to, you know, be this visionary that can, you know, think about the the coolest thing that I can do to my app and think about how all my users will love it or solve problems that probably my users don't even have. It's so easy to kid yourself if you go that route. Yeah, it really is. And you almost get this sense of pride attached to your ideas and then you, you don't want to let them go. And then you end up in this, you know, you keep digging and digging and digging. And before you, and if you forget why you're even digging once you've gone so far. Yeah. Um, so I think despite having said that you, you, you still sometimes need to use a little bit of instinct. Um, but I've been trying to 
measure this by not rushing in, into the doing. Because when I rush into the doing, um, that's kind of when I start to lose sight of things. Yeah. Um, and I feel bad because I, I pretty much, asso- I used to very much associate progress um, with being an Xcode, implementing features, basically. Yeah, um, which is a, a developer first is kind of, you know, the natural instinct, really, isn't it? Yeah, and if I'm not doing that, as far as, I, you know, I'm better I'm better now at addressing this issue, but as far as I was concerned, I was, I was time-wasting if I wasn't in Xcode doing something. Yeah. Um, so for this week, I knew I, I knew I wanted to do my onboarding process. Um, that, that was a no-brainer. I needed the onboarding process because, you know, I know my users are having trouble in the first instance. So, yep. but the rest of it was up for debate. Um, so I think I'm at the point now where I've decided I'm just going to go ahead and do it all, almost like a version three, I guess you could call it. I'm a version two point something now. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to do it, but I wanted to justify, I needed to justify it to myself about why I was doing it. Not just because kind of it might be good in air quotes. <laughs> um, so, my rationale is that um, we've touched upon this on a previous show um, in that Fabric has shown me that my active users each month is equal to my number of new users, but my yep. active monthly users isn't really growing. So yes. you could argue that anyone new that comes through the door, not many of them are sticking around. Yeah, certainly not, not really. past a month. No, certainly not. Um, so I'm, I want to remove um, friction on onboarding hence yeah hence the onboarding um and i also want users to be able to use all of my features out of the box without having to pay any money because i know that my competitors do offer some of the features that i offer um that i require payment for they offer them for free right um and i think that might help users stick around as well rather than running off to um one of the competing apps so that means really i need to go ad supported uh, within in-app okay. purchase to remove ads. So that's kind yep. of like quite a substantial business model change as well that's kind of come into this. And there's a there's a question process. mark, I think, in there for me, just sort of touching back to yeah, go on what we what we spoke about earlier on where you sort of said, okay, people are using using the app for potentially you know, a high high kind of session is one to two minutes. Mm-hmm. And so your opportunity to display them an advert is potentially limited. And I think there's something in that for me in terms of, of how you're planning on displaying the ads. Is, is there a, a way that you can kind of bring that into the experience that sort of makes them make sense? Yeah, so I think I need to display ads differently depending on where they are in the app. Yeah. So for the gesture pad, um, it's quite a simple screen on my app, really. It's just a... a a place where the user can swipe and tap on the screen. There's not a lot going on. So I could potentially display a banner ad within that and still have sort of room to spare. Outside of the gesture area, just there. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And everywhere else in the app is essentially table view controllers besides like the now playing screens. Yeah. So I could potentially insert ads into the table view as they're scrolling past. Okay, um, along with their content, with the stuff that they've, they're browsing. Yeah, so if they're scrolling through a list of movies, every X number of sales that was passed, you might get an ad. I think that would make a lot of sense. That would be more natural than just sort of plonking a banner over the top on, on those screens. Yeah, 
I think so. Um, so that's kind of my plan there. Um, and I'd also like to add some added value to the app as well. If the user were to um, unlock to hide the ads, yep. I don't. I don't want it to be just unlock, remove ads. Um, I'd like to add um, the ability to theme the app. Hence, I've come to the light and dark theming that I mentioned previously. Yep. Um, and I feel that's potentially got special value within my app, given that it's a remote control for what is a, essentially like a home theater system. Yep. So maybe if you're playing a movie at night, you've got the lights off, you don't want a big, bright white screen. You'd like a, like a dark mode screen. Um, hence, that got me thinking about my color choices because the red doesn't work so well on a light theme um, okay. Yeah. To my taste anyway. Um, <laughs> it it kind of works as it is now. I'm feeling like it's looking a little bit dated at the moment um, with those colours. So I, I think uh, as I'm going to all this trouble anyway, I, I think a lick of paint probably wouldn't do it you know, much much harm. Um, and then it kind of... Sorry, go on. It, it would be interesting as well, I think, in terms of, um, like you say, it's not just about ad removal then. You know, you are giving them something back and... and there's a sort of extra incentive mm, absolutely um and also i was kind of thinking that all of this combined could help me make a bit more of a splash with marketing which i am horrendously weak at <laughs> being completely honest <laughs> I, I don't i don't like it we've spoken about this before i always feel uncomfortable and self-conscious and all, all of that stuff yeah um but if i've kind of gone for a new business model which allows people to use more of the app up front and i've gone for like i've added theming and i've got a new color theme and it's kind of a a version three if you like because i've got some extra features that i'd like to roll in as well yep um i won't go into detail on that now but it kind of makes sense if i'm if i was to drip feed all of these little bits as kind of point releases i don't think it would get much attention yeah, but as one big splash. As one big thing, I think that there's some value there. Yeah, and um, it was potentially um, something there for sort of press coverage to kind of sort of say, okay, you know, it's it's the big version three. Yeah. And yeah, so I, I can see that. That makes a lot of sense to me to sort of bundle everything all together. I think so. Um, and, and not only that, um, I don't think we mentioned it last week, um, about the app actually got featured on an iMore article, which I was took me completely by surprise. That was brilliant. I couldn't believe that. Um, so I've kind of got a contact there at iMore now that I can potentially go back to with this version free and be like, hey, remember that article you wrote um, about Cody? Um, my, here's my new version of the app. Um, so that could potentially be really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that took me completely off guard, that did. <laughs> it was uh, It was odd, though. The... The article was great. The article was about what is Cody and how do you use it? Um, yep. And then right at the end of the app, they said something along the lines of, you probably don't want to be messing around with a keyboard and a mouse, so you should probably get a, an iPhone remote for Cody. And here's one. And they chose to link to mine, which was awesome of them. Yeah, and, and that got a few... I looked in analytics and that got a few downloads. Um, I think it was about like 30 or 40. Yeah. Um, but then... I actually saw like a massive spike to the tune of hundreds of downloads. Um, and it, it, it was an app called Dripler. Have you ever heard of Dripler? I hadn't until we talked about it. No. 
it, yeah, basically they kind of um, send recommendations on how you can make your phone better through downloading new apps. And they must have crawled iMore and crawled that <laughs> article and noticed that there was an iTunes App Store link in that article, which I suspect is one of their criterias for crawling an article, is it does it have an iTunes app link in it? Therefore, yeah. So they crawled it, um, put it in their app, and then they kind of, because of that iTunes link, they then made their own little button highlighting my app even more prominently over the article, which kind of was stuck to the footer of the screen the whole time. Um, and I got a ton of downloads from that, which, um, yeah, awesome. <laughs> it's wicked. Uh, I, but uh, it it just came from nowhere. I got all these downloads. I was like, what, what's happened here? And then from there, I, I found the Imer article and then Dripler and, yeah. Just goes to show sometimes, doesn't it, that... You can't I mean, predict I, for these things. No, you absolutely can't. And I've been so bad at marketing, um, armchair and space readers for that matter, um, that it kind of made me think if I just put in like 1% of effort, I might actually get something back given that 0% has managed this so far. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I need to get much better at that. Um, After the update or, or as part of the update, I think it's probably the, update, the sensible yeah. thing there. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd like to get some you know, people on a, on a test flight as well, which would be, it should be great to kind of build anticipation and, you know, let people see it so they can coincide launching an article, perhaps with my release day, things like that. I need to be more, more intentional about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's basically it. That's my thought process. That's kind of how I've justified it all to myself. Um, (laughs) I still think it kind of stands up, so I'm going to go ahead and do it. So it's a kind of a mix of some data and, a little bit of gut feeling and a little bit of my personal taste with the color theme. Yeah. All kind of rolled in, rolled into one. Um, I think it's, it's going to be interesting to sort of see how, how version three goes over the next, what would you say the next, next month or two? Yeah, I think that's probably realistic. I, I'm, I'm loath to give up an actual deadline on it because of the way my life is right now. Um, I'm almost tempted to say it'll be done when it's done, but I, I need to, and there needs to be a marker in the sand. Yeah. Um, I guess if I had to give a, a closing message on it, on this whole thing, I guess it would be that I I used to rush into features, um, kind of thinking that I need to make this feature or, or the app will be rubbish, um, convincing myself that I, I couldn't ship without a certain feature. And I mean, I would, I would just go on like that forever. I'd never ship anything, just going back on decisions over and over. Yeah. Just, just stuck in a loop. Um and I think if if you can sort of ship with what is essential to the app, get some data and get feedback and then move it forward again and again and again, which is kind of what's led me to where I am now with this decision in a way. You know, the app has gone through many iterations of features being added. And now I'm at the point now where I've got some good data. Um, like I say, I'm having to weave in a little bit of gut feeling, but this I, I feel this is a fairly fairly well data-led decision um yeah so we'll uh, we'll, we'll check back in and see how this goes I'd, i've got a lot of development work ahead of me i know that much <laughs> <laughs> but, it does sound like quite a lot to get done um I've, yeah maybe i'm being slightly ambitious i don't but that's kind of that's, that's kind of good you've got to be ambitious i think you can't can't be dragging your heels <laughs> no no not at all you've got to got to shoot for it Okay, that just about wraps up today's episode. Before we go, Dave, 
where can people find you online you can find me at davewood.uk um, and you can find me on Twitter at DWRoboHeads. That's RoboHeads with a Z. Um, how about you, Dave? Uh, you can find me at underscore Dave Not on Twitter, uh, my two apps. Uh, you can find at armchair-remote.com. That's my remote control for Cody. Uh, my second app, Space Readers, to help kids learn to read, you can find at spacereaders.com. <laughs>